Today in Black History, we're going to recognize Dr. Carol Swain. At today's episode, we're going to do things just a little bit differently. We are going to talk about her success. Obviously, she's a doctor, so that therein of itself indicates that she is successful. But in, in doing that, we're also going to tell her story. And it's a story that a lot of people are living today but are being told you can't escape that story. And so I, I want to share her story the way, in her words, so that, that you can understand and people can understand you can escape that story. A lot of people may say, well, I may not be able to become a doctor. I'm not that smart. Okay. Nobody's saying you have to become a doctor. The point of the, the, point of the story is this that you can escape your story if you're not happy with your story. That you don't have to live and dwell and, and, and wallow in that story. That you can become better than that story you're currently ex experiencing. And, and she's going to talk about that as it relates to her life. And it, it kind of goes back, hopefully you had an opportunity to listen to my podcast uh, that I did the uh, episode one of this season where I talk about changing the black American narrative. She points and talks to a lot of the points that I make in that, in that episode. And so again, with an open mind, with a desire to learn and become educated and to understand that your experience isn't her experience. And her experience isn't yours, but that you can somehow, some way, when you change the way you think, become successful. And in my opinion, I, I would always tell somebody success is how you define it. My success is not your success. Your success is not mine. But if you view your life as just garbage and you're doing nothing to change it except listening to the noise and the current victim narrative that group victimization narrative that's being pumped out then that's on you what I can teach you about racism by Carol Swain let me tell you how my story ends I became a tenured, award-winning professor of political science at an Ivy League university and then at one of the leading universities in the South. Now let me tell you how my story begins. I grew up in rural Virginia, literally dirt poor. I drop out of school in the eighth grade and have three children by the time I'm 20. I consider myself to be reason a reasonably modest person, but even I have to admit that's quite a journey. How did I do it? I worked hard. Not crazy, 24-7 hard, just hard. I made good decisions, not brilliant, three-dimensional chess decisions, just good ones. I met people along the way who helped me and sincerely wanted to see me succeed, not because they had something to gain, but because they were decent people. Almost all of these individuals, by the way, were white. 
But mostly I think I was blessed in one critical, crucial way. I was born in America, a true land of opportunity for anyone of any color or background. In this country, where you start your life does not determine where you end up. That works in both directions, by the way. You can start out with every advantage and waste them all. Or you can start out with nothing and become a success. It all depends on you. Your attitude is far more important than your race, your gender, or social class in determining what you will accomplish in life. When I hear young blacks or anyone for that matter talk about systemic racism, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. I want to laugh because it's such nonsense. I want to cry because I know it's pushing untold numbers of young blacks into a dead end, into a dead end of self-pity and despair. Instead of seizing the amazing opportunities America offers them, they seize an excuse to explain why they're not succeeding. I was born in a world where systemic racism, racism was real. No fooling. Outright bigotry. Back of the bus real. But here's what you need to know. Yes, that racism shaped the black experience. But even then, it did not define it. Change was in the air. Call it systemic reform. The modern civil rights movement was in its infancy. And the leaders who fought for equal rights for blacks for blacks were men and women of all races. They believed in America and were determined to see it live up to its highest ideals. Ideals manifested in the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution. Did I know growing up that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson owned slaves? I don't think I ever thought about it. If I did, I'd like to think that I would have had enough common sense to know that we can't judge men who lived 250 years ago by the moral standards of our own day. But I know that Jefferson wrote the words in the Declaration of Independence that made slavery ultimately impossible, that all men are created equal. And I know that Washington, Hamilton, Franklin, Adams, and the rest of the founders risked everything to make my world, my America possible. How can I not be grateful for that and for the sacrifices so many others have had to preserve, have made to preserve it? The truth is I cannot remember a time when I did not love America and feel pride in the, in the belief that I live in the greatest country in the world. I knew if I diligently pursued my ambitions, I could leave the poverty of my early days with all of its abuse and depression behind me. I was fortunate in another way. I was spared the life-sapping negative message about America that are crippling a generation of young people. These ideas are poison, white privilege, whiteness as a form of property, unconscious racism, reparations, microaggressions, police have it out for blacks, that the United States was created to protect and promote slavery. These are the ideas young people are told they must accept, and then they're told to reject the ideas that can save them, the antidote, the success principle that enable me and millions of other Americans to escape lives of poverty. These principles aren't complicated. Work hard, learn from your mistakes, take personal responsibility for your actions. When I made the decision to get my high school equivalency and attend a community college and then earn four additional college and university degrees, I believed that my education would open doors, and it did. 
It was only when exposed to academic theories of oppression in graduate school that I was informed that because I was black, poor, and female, I could never do what I, what I had already accomplished. Thank God it was too late for those toxic messages to stop me. Don't let them stop me.